Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted dungeon master, game master, judge, ref, handler, Brian, welcoming you once again to the show and another one of our episodes of our Dragon's Demand run-through. You know, as always, I, I have a tendency to digress a little <clears throat> in the beginning of a show. You guys know that. And it wasn't until earlier today that I, I started thinking about what it's like when you think that you have more time with something and that you'll always be able to, to touch base or, or, or continue on at a later date. And that may not always be the case. Uh, you know that when people move on or people pass away or they get married, they have kids and all this other stuff, you always think, well, you know, I'll have time, I'll have time. And then eventually you kind of run out of time. It's almost like a freight train that's bearing down on you. And if you're lucky, then you know what's coming sometimes. It's a surprise. Like if somebody were to pass away, it may not be there for you to address at a later date. And I've, I've known for a couple of weeks now that one of our hard slingers, Koosh, is going to be leaving the show. In fact, this episode is his last episode on the Dragon's Demand. Don't fret, though. We got him for one more episode for the Carrion's Crown. Haha. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I just wanted to, to raise a glass and, and toast to Koosh. You know, Koosh, you've been on the show since the inception. You always have a home here, and we enjoyed your role play and your fine knowledge of the game mechanics. I know I speak for myself and the rest of the hard slingers, as well as all the fellow slingers that listen to the show out there. So everybody, take a moment and just just crack a cold one for Koosh and, and raise your glass and hope that someday soon he will be back. And the offer is always open for him as our whether it's a guest player or to come back solid. And I don't want to make this into a, a big tier field endeavor. Tier filled, not field. Filled endeavor. Uh, Koosh, we love you, man. And that comes from the bottom of, um, bottom of our heart. And uh, I don't really have a lot to say about anything else other than to uh, warm up your dice and top off your glass as Roll the Hard 20 podcast presents episode 12 of our Dragon's Demand. In the light of the night. Like, been looking for a table, this and that. I was like, oh, well, you know, we do the podcast, we're not doing tables, but like, it's interesting to see that there are people out there and you won't even, you can't even guess because it's not like a, a stereotype of any kind. It's just, Mm-mm. it's whoever you just comes across in conversation and it's like, what I, wow, what I was going to mention was that um, like when Chris and I were in high school or even junior high, actually, we were playing D and D a lot and your dad joined us. I mean, he would join us all the time. I mean, and I just thought that was really cool, you know, that he would sit at the table with us and, and be rolling with us. And so, I mean, it, it bridges generations, you know, fathers and sons and daughters oh, yeah. and mothers and stuff like that. And everybody's playing this, this game that other people may have a different uh, perspective so, Nick. of. Yeah. Hey, Nick. Oh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Didn't mean to exclude you, my friend. Sorry, <laughs> we're, 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 we're like in hip deep in this conversation. Yeah, I'm actually recording. But you, right. you can join us. How you doing, okay. Nick? Doing all right. Uh, my girlfriend misplaced my dice, so. I'll roll for you. 
<clears throat> what was she doing with the dice? Yeah. I don't know. This is like a kinky game that you guys were playing earlier. <laughs> no, they were in the drawer with the Ben balls to, in my head. You have to take off. You have to take off one d four pieces of clothing now. Yeah, Turn right. up your mic a little there, Nick. Hard twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Benoit dice. <laughs> Benoit That's dice. right. All d twenty. Totally. I used to call Sam at work. This one, uh, his his industry was just coming about and. They would have a um, a receptionist, and she'd always ask, "Well, who is this?" I said, "Well, this is Ben Wah," and so she announced that during a meeting one time, and everybody started laughing, and it, she's like, "What? I don't understand." And it was just the way that we would we would get each other at work and shit. So when I That's worked at hilarious, you know, when I worked at that Sears in the Orange Mall, we had a we had a, um, a operator, Mabel. She's so old. And one of the guys on the dock used to call in on an external line all the time and say, could you page uh, Mike Hunt? And she would, she would get on the overhead, <laughs> Mike Hunt, please call the operator. And you would just see us rolling. We were just talking about that name, weren't we, today, Junior? Yeah. <laughs> credit. All right. Look, he's got an 805. Of course he does. He's celebrating. 805? No, man. What is that? 807. Oh, shit. It just, it just, it just disappeared. Put it in front uh, of you. Put it in front of your face. <laughs> it's uh, Kostritzer. It's from Germany. All right. Very well. Well, the first thing that we'll do for you is... Uh, As in my Scheiße. Ever Anybody ever seen that South Park episode? One? I have not. The one where Cartman uh, finds, uh, sees his mom in a German scat porn video. <laughs> uh, I thought there was one where uh, Cartman turned into Hitler or was like a protege of oh, yeah, some kind of Hitler one. Isn't there like, one? Freaking South Park has been around long enough. It, it It's approaching Rule 34 status. I don't know what that means. You define that. <laughs> well, you've never heard of Rule 34? Uh -uh. Are you just making this up? No, no. So rule 34 states that if you can think of it, if you can conceive of it, porn exists for it. Oh, okay. Oh, he's right. I just Googled it. Now I got to clear my browser. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, I mean, Why that's you... your problem. Uh, I've already have some weird Google things here. All right, Google boy. How's everyone doing? Koosh, sound off. Let's hear your mic. Hello. Hello. Whoa. So is that a German beer or? Yeah, it's a German. It's um, Schwartz beer. Basically, it's a, it's like a closer to a stout or porter. Oh. Do you have to drink it out of a boot? Whose boot? <laughs> das boot. Das boot. Das boot. Das boot. Are you guys ready? Let's bring it. My mic better. Uh, yeah. Say it again. Hear you. Hello, test, test. That's good. Okay. Just kind of lean in. Yeah. I mean, he wants like everyone, he wants to see like the top of everyone's head today. No, I don't. Reminds the whole show's uh, going to be this. Stop <laughs> nodding. You guys ever Greetings, seen fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted GM Brian, and with me, the Hard Slingers. Yeah. yeah. I sound a little froggy tonight. I'm sorry. <clears throat> The cold weather in Big Bad did me in. <gasps> so, how's everyone feeling about uh, last session? 
I mean, the Cobalt not, Crisis. Not good. Not good, let's, no. Uh, <laughs> let's get on our feet and dust ourselves off. And, In uh, fact, even for your victory, we still managed to knock out uh, Flint, Warren, and Sirkin. Stabi, you, and Griswold managed to remain vertical, taking out Cesarac, who seemed to be the leader of this lowly band of kobolds. And to clarify, Cesarac himself was a kobold. He, he was, indeed. Okay. He himself was a kobold. A little bit buffer. Buffer kobold. Right. Solid so, kobold. As you three lay on the cold, damp earth of this cavern, Warren, as you lay asleep, your body trying to heal itself, you hear words in your mind, words of fire and spidery flames as undulating shapes form into a red face within your mind, and you hear, Ages. You and I spent ages within my ring. All because you could not bring yourself to uphold your end of the bargain. I bestowed upon you power. Power which you yourself had been unable to unlock. And you failed me. Time will present to you a second chance. It will be your final chance. Do not fail me again, Warren Belhaim. And then you see this red face begin to dissipate. And as your eyes flutter open, you see Griswold standing over you. No telling how long you've been out on the floor. Yeah! Ah. Griswold! Go! Oh, you're not on fire. Okay, good. Sorry, I thought... I'm just this one's good. Uh... <laughs> Stands, like, kind of, like, sits up. You sit up oh. weak, feeling the, uh, the effects of the damage you had sustained and remain at one hit point right now. Stabi, you see Flint and Sirkin laying close by Warren. Their eyes are still closed. You've done your best to try to uh, minister to them, to bring them back. Tell me what you've been doing with them. Mm. Mind you, this is a recorded session. <laughs> um, so I'm family show. Um, I'm, I'm just verifying that you know they appear to be stable um, at this point, um, and then uh, I'd like to to um, look over the kobolds that we killed and see if maybe I can find anything like a health potion or something that I might be able to, you know, give to these guys. Okay, tell me who you want to. Uh check over first you have five regular kobolds and then you had that one big guy that was in the back that was firing the arrows at you guys keeping you at a distance for a while all right so i i want to um search the buff kobold okay you go back to him and you see that he does seem to have some kind of a, a man purse slung over his shoulder you see that within our two vials as well as a uh, makeshift set of notes Okay. Um, I'd like to take the two vials and um, 
the note is it in a language that i understand well it's it's more than one note it's it's several pages they look like there's scribbles upon them um uh, uh, different diagrams more than anything else okay i'm gonna just take those and tuck them away for now my primary goal is to get Sirkin and flint up um can i do uh i'd like to do a medicine check on the um the vials okay see if i can tell if it's healing or otherwise well from their hue you can tell it is a light blue hue that's semi-translucent similar to the ones you've seen in the past go ahead and make your check okay uh rolled a 10. a 10. you're pretty confident this could be uh hardball drag no uh <laughs> all right it, it could probably be beneficial but until you were to actually take a swill of it you don't know the after effects if there are any at all okay and i have two of these vials there's two of them yes okay um i walk over to griswold and say griswold um i found um two vials that appear to be a blue swirling liquid that i think this is our <laughs> our best chance. Some... <laughs> german <laughs> um our, our best chance to bring uh Sirkin or flint alive bring them back to life. Otherwise, you and I are gonna have to bounce out of here and try to find some other way to help them. What do you think about me giving them some of these vials? If they're anyway, I think. Griswold, so animated about it. I, I know, uh, I, sorry, I was trying to get the, the bear out of me first. <laughs> uh, if, if they, if, if if we think that you won't make it without these, uh, we might as well try. Okay. I'm conscious at this point. Yeah, you're at one hit point. Okay. Um, are they uh, are they still bleeding? Are they are they stable? They're stable, but they are at zero each at this point. Mm. So you could either do one of two things. You could either try to administer to them. Or you could wait that out, wait this out for twenty four hours, or or a long rest, whatever it takes. Mm. Well, a short rest wouldn't be enough. I'm sorry. A short rest wouldn't be enough. They wouldn't be able to use hit dice. You know, that's a good question. Do you have to be conscious to to spend hit dice during a short rest? I have absolutely no idea. That's a good idea. I'll tell you what, Griswold, pick up your d twenty. Let's you and I roll right now. Here we go. <laughs> Straight up, I got an eight. I'm sorry, guys. You suck. I got, uh, I got a six. Way to pull for the team. Uh, you know what? I'm going to use this doubloon. I'm not sure what else I'm going to use it. So do you want me to re-roll, or do you wish to oh, re-roll? I'm re-rolling, dude. Odds <laughs> <laughs> are my favorite. I re-roll. <laughs> All right, boys. I did it with a nine. <laughs> Skin that German of your you got. Uh, Nine. <laughs> So tell me what you, so you're saying after a long rest, you want to give them back the HPs? Is that uh, right? A short rest, you want them to burn their hit dice, right? Yes. Okay. Because I was going to take a short rest anyway. Okay, through ministering them and giving them the opportunity of a short rest, why don't you guys go ahead and spend your hit dice if you have any left in your hit dice pool? 
Oh, I'm 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 spending hit dice. I'm spending my hit dice. That's for sure. You hear the soft crackle of this low fire that the kobolds had been around in that little cutout cavern. Sloth, softly flickering against the walls. Occasionally, you hear the wood pop as you guys slowly begin to uh, rally amongst yourselves and get yourself some more uh, hit points. So, uh, like, over the course of the short rest, uh, Warren will actually be, like, sitting in front of that fire, and he'll, like, kind of, like, gesture with a finger, and the fire will take the shape of, like, a horse that's galloping. Ooh. And then he'll, like, move his, like wave his hand aside and the image disappears and then he'll roll uh it'll uh um he'll gesture at it again and it will turn into uh, a book um and you'll see like the pages like turn really quickly he'll like wave his hand and it'll disappear and then he gestures one more time and at this point you can kind of see like his eyes sort of like daze out just a little bit and then as he points at the fire again it actually takes a shape of a face that at first glance might appear like that of a devil and it makes a motion of like it's laughing at him and he actually seems to like come out of his trance for a second and he's like no 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 and then waves his hand and it disappears again Sirkin what are you doing while all this is going on are you observing this Um, tell me what you're doing yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm observing right now, and I'm trying to just kind of like, because I only have a few hit points right now, and so I'm trying to just like uh, bandage my wounds and trying to just get my bearings straight. Okay, and you know, you see, as he's sitting in front of the fire, you see surrounding the five of you, these six dead kobolds, their blood soaked into the ground. Eventually, you just it becomes very quiet. Even the fire starts to die down to a soft glow, barely uh, given given like an eerie ambiance to the cavern itself. Shadows seem to get a little longer. <coughs> Stubby, what are you doing as all this stuff is going on? Um, I just want to confirm. So we use the golden doubloon short rest to bring Flint and Sirkin back? Everybody can, well, everybody can spend their hit dice at, at this short rest. Okay. So I have spent mine as well. So if you, everybody can do it. So if you have any hit dice left for your, uh, for your level that you haven't already spent, you can do that as well. Okay. By the way, I give everybody their full hit points whenever they spend their hit dice. So. Oh, Okay. So keep that in mind. Good to know. Also, when you level up, full HP. Okay. Um, It looks like uh, I look around, uh, Sirkin and Flint, they look like they're, you know, doing okay. Um, I'd like to um, uh, search the rest of the kobolds. You see that uh, the first one you come to has got his spear laying close by. And as you dig around, you notice that tucked in some kind of a waistband is is like a sling type apparatus with a pouch with about seven rocks in it. 
Other than that, he doesn't have anything else. That's the first one? That's the first one. Okay, I'm going to um, leave that there and then go to the next kobold. And you see he's got a spear sling and about three rocks. Okay, uh, go to the third kobold. Basically, you get the same formula as you go down the line of these lower grunts. Okay, just, so fourth and fifth, same thing. Yeah, yeah. They just they each have a spear, they each have a sling, and rocks varying between one and seven little, you know, rocks. Okay. Um, but as you as you start making your way towards where the two that were creeping up behind you, you remember that there was still a a portion of the cavern that forked off to the north where you saw this large dark spot in the floor is there enough light that i can make out anything other than that it's a dark spot not you personally okay so i'm gonna go back to um warren and griswold and say hey guys um there was an area that that we had not really explored yet and there's a really big black i'll call it a hole I, I can't really see very well. Um, Warren, you can, uh, you know, see better in the dark. Uh, maybe that's yeah. something once we get rested up that, that we want to investigate. Yeah. Flint, um, do you feel rejuvenated at this point? I'm licking my wounds, getting myself on my feet. Uh, I'm hearing this conversation. I like to add, well, if it's super dark and we don't fear that there might be any cabals left in the tunnels i mean maybe we could take a torch with us just to see what what lies ahead as well just to give us a better view instead of just relying on our dark vision um flint will try to uh make way is there any way or anything useful to make a mid-shape uh torch of some kind well there's several loincloths <laughs> All right, Flint. Flint shamelessly. Uh, is there any like sticks or anything to to attach it to? Spears. Or, yeah, there's spears. there's spears. spears? There's All the right, bow. I'll grab one of the spears. There's and... arrows. There's still a few arrows that the guy had in his quiver. Oh, here, Flint. Let me help you with that. I'll take like whatever makeshift torch that Flint has has uh, put together and I'll hold it kind of like in the direction of the campfire like a few feet from it and the fire will actually leap from the campfire onto the torch then I'll hand it to Stubby Alright, perfect Griswold, you see that they're pretty much committed to wanting to go forward and continue to explore Have you, uh, and um, Before we do though, um, and before we get going uh, Warren will actually turn to Griswold and Stubby and says um, thank you for watching over us. And I'll, I'll turn to Stabby and say, now, more than ever, you have certainly earned your fair share. All right, back to the treasure room. <laughs> Give me that ring. <laughs> oh, trust me, you don't want the trouble that comes with the ring. So tell me what you guys would like to do. Okay, I have the torch, right? Yes, you do. Okay. Um, I believe a torch is 20 and 20, so 20 feet bright light, 20 feet dim feet, or yeah. 20 feet dim light. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, but he, I think, is the only one who doesn't have dark vision. But I don't think you do either, do you, Warren? 
I do not, but okay. I see normally in darkness, magical or otherwise, up to 120 okay. feet. Okay. So I don't need a torch. Okay. So let me get your marching order and tell me what you guys want to do. Who's going first? Not me. Not Please you. Please don't all speak up at once. <laughs> uh, um, I don't mind going, going first. first. The torch, but I'll go first if not. Griswold. Yeah. Next. I'll go second. Next. I'll go third. Next. I'm bringing up the rear. Of course. Or Sabi, you should go in front of me since you can't really see. Oh, I guess we have the torch. So. Yeah, I'll just I'll bring up the rear with the torch. Okay. So Griswold. I'm sorry, what was that, Flint? I was going to say, the party's leading blind, and then we've got the torch <laughs> in the back. <laughs> Hopefully we don't fall in this hole. <laughs> you guys have dark vision. So, we're, we're dwarves. We were born in these kinds of holes. You have, actually. You, you were. You were, like, literally born in a hole. <laughs> so you guys leave behind where the kobolds were. You leave behind their bodies, and you start heading northeast back along the cavern you came. Now you know in about 10, 20 feet, you're gonna to come to a fork that you can either go north where you hadn't been before or you can continue going east and then south back into the room where the collapse of this tower seemed to originate from. Going north. North? Yeah. Griswold, as you lead your procession north, you see it about 35 feet ahead of you in this dark gray cavern through your vision. You see a large black hole in the floor and it's about seven, eight feet in diameter. Looks kind of jagged. Uh, Okay, so I have dark vision, which means I see in like Grayscale, I guess, but um, <laughs> grayscale. I can see a different. Uh, whoa, we lost. Who we lose? We lost Stabby. Yeah, Stabby fell. St- Stabby he fell st- through the hole. Stabby uh, stumbled over something. We gotta get, we gotta get the rope. <laughs> um, what can I see looking down into the into this pit? Effectively, did uh, we just lose Junior? Yeah, I'm here. Who did we lose? Stabby. We lost yeah. Stabby. Oh. That word, we lost you for a few seconds there. <laughs> Me? We just had this conversation. Yeah. Did, did you freeze up? <laughs> no, I heard everybody. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. I didn't. I was I was looking through something else. He was plotting. Yeah, as I was. A good, as, a, as, a, as a good GM would. He'll plot back. He'll plot back in. He'll pop back <laughs> in just a moment. So as you look down in this hole, it's about seven feet in diameter. It looks like it drops down about eight feet Hmm. and then it looks like it it turns towards the east by the way chris just said his internet dropped so from the back of the procession you see that stubby is just maintaining holding on to the torch trying to illuminate as best as he can this hole for the four of you which you really don't seem to need Clutching okay. for his life, he's in fear. Um, <laughs> that counts. Uh, yeah, I, I think we go down. So I'm gonna lead the lead the way down. Uh, try to find whatever safe way down there is. 
you want to throw a rope down or do you just want to I think jump down? He said it was eight feet, right? Yeah. It's eight, eight feet, feet down. diameter, about eight feet down. Okay. Uh, being there, is this a natural? Well, if there's passageways, you said there's a passageway underneath or it looks like it. Yeah, there, it looks down? like there's a, a cutout cavern, like some kind of a tunnel that goes to the east. Okay. So it's a cutout cavern, so we can tell that it only goes short distance. You can't tell how far it goes from the uh, from the ground floor itself. Okay, but you we can, can just tell see... that it is artificial. It is. Uh, well, it's not natural. Yeah, it looks like it's been dug. Okay. okay. Oh, Chapo, man, it's down here. <laughs> All right. You does anyone like have a rope? Tie a rope and make it's only eight down. feet down. Somebody kick him down. The rope wasn't even my idea. <laughs> uh, I thought it was further than that. All right. How much fall damage are we musking? <laughs> uh, uh, there's no fall damage, so I'm just gonna go. It's D6 for uh, every ten feet. Yeah. We round down. Okay, so you pop down there, and you see that this cavern. It's about about five feet in diameter looks like it's been honed out of the earth itself just hewn out and it looks like it goes to the east but it's so far that even your uh night vision can't see the end of the the tunnel itself okay uh i'm gonna let everyone know that well it's safe enough to jump down here but uh i can't really make out uh what's what's going down uh, the rest of this tunnel. So uh, it seems to go on for further than I can see, at least. I'll uh, go ahead and pop down, um, whether or not Flint does beforehand, because he's supposedly right in front of me. Can oh, I- you guys drop down in there, or just you? Well, I do. I okay. do, I don't know if Flint does. So I'll, I'll drop uh... down there and I'll take a look. I can see 120 feet. Okay. It extends beyond even your vision, Warren. Ooh. This is quite a distance. Um, this is, this looks like it was also dug out? Yes. Um, it, is it, it is not a natural occur, okay. uh, natural tunnel. Do we, I'll, I'll look at Griswold since I'm standing right next to him. Do we know if this was dug out recently? Is this one of the tunnels that caused the tower to ruin? Let me think on that for a bit. And then can I roll stone cutting? Yeah, do it with advantage. Okay. 20, but not natural. Although you know that this looks like it was dug out, this does not look like it had anything to do with the collapsing of the tower. Hmm. Does it look like it was dug out recently, though, or kind of it's been here for a while? It's probably been dug out for a couple of days, if that's what you consider to be recent. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll relay that back. This looks to be fairly recent. Couldn't be more than a handful of days. I assume the kobolds came in this way? Possibly. Um, and then... I'm sorry, refresh my memory, Brian. Was it 
there was another like branch off that we had not been down yet. No, this is the this was the branch you had not been down. Okay. Yet. The other branch, which goes to the south, uh, actually went a little further to the east and then back down south, was where the original room, the big cavern where the collapse of the tower originated from. Okay. This is probably about. Well, the hole was probably about a hundred and about a hundred feet away from the collapse uh, okay. origination. Origin. And it looks like it is also in essentially a straight line, correct? Like they knew where they were going. Yeah, but all these uh, all these caverns looked as though that they had been hewn from the earth probably recently. The only the, the last dedicated stone edifice was back where they found the the ring that you were contained in which was the treasury room okay where that spirit uh was at my the hole that had been dug through there and then the the tunnel and the large cavern and everything else was recently dug out my concern is that the kobolds knew exactly where they were going are kobolds naturally known for tunneling Mm-hmm. They are? I don't think so. They could. I mean... Are they underground creatures that normally like to stay underground? I feel I like mean, they like caves. They like caves? But do they make their own caves? I don't know that means they're underground, you know? Yeah. I'm just curious, just because Flint's not very well aware of too many cabal history. So look, we've got essentially three options here. We can turn back just as things are. We can collapse this tunnel in hopes that the kobolds will not continue further. I don't, while it may stall them a short while, I don't think it's actually going to stop them. Or we can keep going, see if there's a cobalt camp, potentially be their worst nightmare. So, Sirkin, you're above the hole right now still, right? Yes. You and Stubby, uh, what do you guys want to do? You guys want to hop down in there? You want to help them back up? What do you guys want to do? You hear them murmuring amongst themselves. and Oh, I would say that loud enough for everyone to hear. Yeah. I'm just going to wait until we all make a decision because they might just come right back up. So... <laughs> Stubby, you want to go in the hole? What, what do you want to do? As you hear them debating what they're going to do, if they're going to follow this this tunnel to the east, beyond where they can see, or what do you guys want to do? Um, I say loudly enough so that they can all hear me that, hey guys, I pulled a stack of notes and drawings and stuff from the buff kobold. Perhaps, you know, <laughs> perhaps th this... Uh, these notes hold a clue to, to uh, you know, what what we may find in, in this tunnel or another direction. Warren, Warren just reaches up to you and holds out his hand. Let me see them. Okay, I pass them to Warren. So since he's so uh, aggressive about it. <laughs> and tall. <laughs> Give it. Um, I will take a look at these notes. What are we looking at? So I, I hand them down to Warren and say, Warren, I, I, I don't can't make heads or tails of this. Perhaps you can. There's just 
three pages. One of them is a, uh, it looks like a, a makeshift map with a large X on it. Looks very familiar to the room where you found the two dead kobolds and the dead human. Okay. You see another one that basically tells Cesarac to, uh, in a way, recruit five other individuals and hold the line for any humans that may come down and investigate. Okay. And the final page says something to the effect of Big Chief will be sure to uh, reward you and tell a Teperax what a wonderful job you have done. What was the name, Eteparax? Eteparax. Does that name ring any bells? Make a history check. We are looking at... Uh, that is an 18. An 18? You remember that an ancestor of yours, Tula Belheim? Mm-hmm. had once slayed a dragon named Ateparax. What type of dragon was he? Do I know that? Make a, another history check on that. Uh, oh, holy shit. Hard 20. Yeah, the hard 20. <laughs> so that's a 24 total. He was a... A chromatic black dragon. Mm. Um, well, and okay. And so. Now, right now, you're is, the only person that knows this information because you're the one right. that's reading it. So, right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get like, Ryan is trying to get the facts that Warren knows straight before he communicates them. So, uh, I know that my uh, cousin Tula had dealt with this dragon, supposedly had killed, correct? Yes, her and her and, uh, dragon slayers. Uh, and that, I forget what they were called. I'd have to look through my notes. And that was, as far as Warren can tell, over 200 years ago. Yes. And I have this note which says that Eteparax will reward the Cobalts. Would, re- would uh, reward Cesarac once Cesarac. the big chief mentioned it to him. Uh, you guys actually, like those that can actually see in the dark and actually probably even Stabby since he's got a torch, probably actually sees like Warren like shuffle through the papers, shuffle through the papers, shuffle through the papers a little bit faster. And he's like, I'm very concerned and I don't know how healthy it would be for us to actually continue now. The notes here mention a name that is fairly recent for me, but is the name of a dragon, which if I actually have been in that ring for about 200 years, was still around and I thought that he wasn't so I don't know. Do any of you want to parlay with a black dragon? I can tell you I don't. I'd like to roll an intimidation against the dragon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Did you mention anything about the the black dragon? Or just say you guys want to 
parlay with a black dragon or what, what are you telling them? Uh, uh, well, basically Warren, Warren will communicate to, uh, to them that a black dragon thought dead in my, in Warren's original time is apparently not dead. And if he is not directly controlling these kobolds, he at least has some sway or a chieftain is actually using his name to hold sway. Do we fear that the dragon might be at the end of this tunnel? Can I get the sense from reading the note that the chieftain is expecting that the dragon would actually himself give that reward? Or does it does there feel to be like a, the... Make an, make an insight check on that. That is a uh, nine. Nine. Yeah. Judging by the way it's written down, you can't tell if it's if it's true or if it's not. If okay. it's genuine, if it's I'll smoke look up, up at Cesarex's ass, you, you really can't tell. I'll look up at Flint and say, I, I, I don't know. It could be that. Everything is a smokescreen that this Cobalt Chieftain's using. Um, there could actually be a black dragon that is over 200 years old at this point. So what do you guys want to do? Well, do you think you can follow us down this tunnel if we run? I mean, dragons I mean, are pretty big, huge. That's what I thought. Yeah, I can't imagine that he would, but... We have a way I'm, out. I'm hardly a draconologist, so. <laughs> Does this is this tunnel appear to be large enough to house a dragon? No, not yeah, eight feet in diameter. I don't think so. Yeah. I think this tunnel was specifically for the kobolds to have right. access to the towers. So, I mean, at the very least, we can scout down to the end of this tunnel. So we should probably do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm in agreement with that as well. I mean, we'll go as far down as, as we can if we enter any kind of room or chamber that might seem to be large enough to house a, a dragon of any kind, black, gold, red, whatever. I mean, then we'll worry about that when we cross the bridge. But until now, I, I think our best bet is pressing forward. Agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same here. Okay. okay. So everybody hops down into the tunnel then, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Griswold, are you still leading this pack of yours? I think so. Okay. Possibly go wrong. Griswold was the one yeah. was one of the only ones that didn't fall last time. Yeah. So but did you, you die? <laughs> as you guys begin to maneuver east, the ground is not flat. It's you know cylindrical, rocky, jagged. And it begins to taper from eight feet to seven feet six feet five feet four feet and you guys traverse it about 800 feet still can't see the end of it so keep moving what's your distance Warren 120 feet that I 120 feet you guys go another 900 feet maybe a thousand feet for all you know and Warren you start to pick out something at the far end Mm -hmm. It's less dark, almost as though it's uh, 
slightly illuminated. You see like a a little brighter circle than the rest of the the area you're in. Most likely, it's probably the end of this tunnel you're moving through. Okay, I will notify everyone else. Say, I I think the end is a little ways ahead. Okay, let's keep pressing on. You keep on moving along. Eventually, Griswold, you start to see it as well. Flint, you too. Warren, it's definitely becoming much clearer that the end of the tunnel is upon you. Sirkin, you see it's to be. You still have your torch starting to fade out though. Problem is it's starting to cast a huge backlight against you and your four comrades. Um, as when we get within, when we get within about 50 feet of the end of the tunnel, uh, I will uh, say Stubby, I'm really sorry about this. And Warren just makes a squashing sound with his hand and the torch goes Make out. a con save, Stabby. <laughs> So the the flame goes out. At this point, you're left fumbling for Sirkin's uh, tunic to keep walking. Eventually, you guys find yourselves on an outcropping, bathed in darkness of night. You see the quarter moon above you reveals that you're on an outcropping. Halfway up an 80-foot sheer wall that overlooks a large lake below. And you could just make out the 50-foot wide strip of shoreline that stretches between the lake's edge and the quarry's wall that surrounds you. You're part of this large quarry. And even in the dim light provided, you can see that the, uh, that the shoreline and portions of the lake is just strewn about with debris large rocks, no doubt the the result of centuries of landslides and stuff. Uh, you see that several board, boulders uh, stand against the middle of the quarry's wall and whatnot. Go ahead and make a uh, perception check, everybody. Griswold. I got a 16. 16. Uh, Flint. Take your mic off, babe. 19. Warren. 15. Sirkin. 6. Stubby. 5. 5. Ye old darkness. Sirkin. As you guys come out to the to the cropping, this outcropping, you're momentarily distracted by Stubby trying to maintain his grasp on you, no longer having any type of illumination for him to see where he's going. And as you look back to see what he's doing, Warren, you, Flint, and Griswold can make out some kind of a trail that winds its way from this outcropping in a counterclockwise path leading down to the eastern side of this lake down on the shore. 
You can also see that where this trail ends is a cave opening that's surrounded by several large boulders, but there seems to be some kind of an exit out of it. And occasionally you see two kobolds moving back and forth as though they're marching century on this uh, this particular cave entrance. How big is this cave entrance? It's probably about 12 feet in diameter. Kind of in a low voice. Say, do we want to try to take out the sentries? And the cave entrance is how far again? Sorry. Uh, it's if you're halfway up this 80 foot wall, you're at 40 feet and you see that the trail that winds down moves in a counterclockwise manner. It's probably about 120 feet away from you. If you were to walk down towards it. And what, what's the lighting like in here for you? <laughs> this <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh dear pitch black all right um um you, you can actually see i'm sorry stubby you can see that there's a there's a half moon up there you could see minor constellations in the sky i'm still uh, holding on to circuit yes uh, quietly to the others, I'll, I'll say, do you think we should take out the sentries and see what is beyond, or shall we turn and report back now? Well, I, I look back at Warren and say, uh, I'm at a disadvantage. The lighting in here is not good. I, I don't know how much help I can be in a fight unless I'm right up on these cabals. And that seems like a risky proposition for me to get close in the dark. Are they buff cabals? <laughs> I they are? Juicing. Oh. Juicing. I don't think we should be... I don't think we should be trying to take out the sentries. If we can't take them out quickly enough, who knows how many they're going to call in. So, turn around, collect our treasure, and leave? Yeah, you know, collect our fee, report back. Um, probably in that order. Preferably come, in that order. We can come back to, to investigate or fight another day. Okay. Yeah. We have at least some information that I'm sure would be useful. So you guys want to make your way back? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we should report back before we get lost in whatever mess this is. <laughs> Blunt, you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm okay with whatever the party wants to do. I mean, Sirkin, you okay with that? I saw your mic was muted. I had to fuck with you. <clears throat> yeah. So it, it takes you a few mo a few minutes to make your way back across this large tunnel, get yourselves all back up, make your way back through all these caverns, and it probably takes you maybe about close to an hour to get all the way back out to the top of the ruins because you've got to go back through 
that one room that has the ledges with all the the gray or the I'm sorry the the green sludge that's in it and make your way past all of the uh, the the prisoner uh, the little cells and stuff like that and climb back up the the ladders and everything as you guys begin to exit the ruins of this witch tower of course it's still nighttime and everything quick question yo are we are we stopping in the treasure room yeah I thought uh, you this... guys have passed through it okay Warren would have wanted to stop and okay. at least take as much as he could carry okay same with Stebby he wants to get paid <clears throat> okay so as you guys made your way back through the treasure room I'm imagine yourselves becoming laden with all these coins and jewels and whatnot is that what we're doing yeah and actually how much can how much of what's in here can we all carry you could probably each carry um depending on your your pockets and your pouches maybe close to about uh let's say like 200 coins each okay just because of the, the density of the, the gold, <laughs> which I'm assuming you would take the gold over the copper or the silver. Yeah. Plus, I mean, at this point, moving around with, with that kind of weight on you, mm-hmm. that would eventually get tiring and start to wear on you. So you guys make your way back up to the top. Again, you guys are still greeted by this, um, by darkness. You notice at the base of the tower that there are still just the two deputies and only one person remaining, an old man. Looks like the uh, individual that told Griswold that he would go get the ladder for you. You see the ladder in his hand. <laughs> All right. He's oh, never failed. Nice reliable. Those are the only three individuals you see. You see Deputy uh, Mule, Deputy Hod, and this old man. He actually managed to lean the ladder against the side of the tower so you wouldn't have to traverse that precarious ramp that led you up there at when you first started out into the tower. So I give him a gold coin for his trouble. <laughs> he looks deeply gratified. He waits for all five of you to come down. Kind of counts again. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, he's totally lost count because you could have swore that only four of you had gone into the tower to begin with. Takes his ladder, takes his coin, and starts heading back into Belhaim proper with his uh, property. You see Deputy Mule come up to you and say, So, uh, what all did you find in there? Find what you were looking for, what brought the tower down? Yeah, it says you suspected kobolds uh, came into the tower and it looks like they manufactured the explosion in some fashion. Really? Well, I'm sure the Baroness would love to hear from you and, and get an update. She said no matter what time you four were to come out to head on over to the to the bevy manor. The Devi manor, sorry. <laughs> oh God, please don't tell her I mis- mispronounced her name. <laughs> Off with your head. <laughs> I'm new to town. <laughs> you see Hodge just 
shaking her head in disgust at what an idiot this man is. <laughs> All right. Uh, Guess we could report back to her day or night. So, yeah, escort away, please. Uh, yeah, she had mentioned that she wanted a report of what caused the collapse and to do it immediately upon bringing yourself back out. You get the assumption that regardless of what time you guys had managed to get out, she would want to know. As we're walking over, I want to ask Warren, are you okay revealing your presence in this town for from such a long time ago? Um, if questioned, I will not hide who I am, but I think at least initially it may be best for me to um, observe and get a better sense of the power structure, the politics there. But I will reveal myself. I do not intend to lie or hide. I may possibly omit, but I will not actually... You know how the uh, your entrance was, was left when you... Uh first disappeared from the town. Mm. Well, mm, the town, and I'll look around, I was not here for very long before um, before my imprisoning, as it were. But uh, it, uh, it definitely seems to have changed. The, the ruin of the tower, unfortunately, has impacted the town certainly it does not seem to have lived as well as it could have anyways please let's go see the baroness so you guys know that when you originally had met with her she had motioned or mentioned that her uh manor was south of where you guys are at i'm gonna try to pull it up here on the map here So across the road? This right here is the ruins. Yep. This right here is her manor. Can you guys see that? Yes. Yep. You guys got to walk to the south. <clears throat> so being late at night, as you guys begin to walk, you, um, her, you can see that there are a few lights lit in her large manor atop of this, this hill across the old quarry road. And as you make your way towards it, you pass by this house that has a big sign out front that says, The Sunset House. You see a large plot of fenced-in land. The moon illuminates uh, enough of the land, even for you, Stubby, to notice that uh, within this fenced-in area, you see large chalk-like markers jutting from the ground, most likely indicating some kind of a... Uh, of a cemetery. And as you guys are looking at it, everybody make a perception check. Stubby, you're going to do it with disadvantage, though. It's jacked up. <laughs> no offense, but it's racist. Griswold. Uh, 15. 15. Flint. 19. 19. Warren. 6. Circuit. I am taking in what's left of the town. Yeah, I mean, you can't help but notice that across this large river, nothing looks like it once looked. Circuit, what do you got? 
13. 13. So Warren, you're just confounded by what's been going on. As for the four of you, you, as you guys are looking at this area where all these large markers indicate graves, you notice that, uh, that several of these appear to have fresh dirt dug up around them right in front of the markers themselves. How many? There looks to be eight of them. If there was going to be four, I would <laughs> did you need uh did you need my perception roll because you didn't ask oh did you want yeah go ahead and make it with a disadvantage yeah it's uh with disadvantage i rolled a 14. okay uh you would have noticed that as well i thought you did give it to me did you not give it to me oh. no give it to me i was waiting um, to be called upon he's <laughs> being polite you got it anyways tough guy so <laughs> um you make your way continuing up the this large graveled road and you stand before this large manor large door big brass knocker on the front of it nice knockers <laughs> Young I'll kind of like look at the deputy and just kind of be like a do your job thing he like actually, gesture. he left you. He remained, oh, he? Oh, yeah, okay. he remained oh. behind. Both deputies remained behind at the witch tower itself. Oh, okay. I thought one yeah. was escorting us. Sorry. No, no. No police escort on this one, huh? No. no. How high is Wow, the they, tr- they trust you guys. You must have made a good impression. <laughs> How high is the knocker from the ground? About four feet. <laughs> like two feet? Four feet. Four feet? Okay. Well, I can't do it. I'm only three feet tall. I lift up Stabby so he can knock on the door. <laughs> <laughs> I put them on my shoulders. You <laughs> <laughs> knock on the door. Yep. Yeah. A few moments later, you see the door open wide. You see an, an old man dressed in, in butler attire. And he says, I take Stabby off my shoulders. <laughs> what can I do for you? Who are you? We see the Baroness. Who calls it such an hour? We were advised that we can report back at any hour. We have information on the witch tower. Thank you. Come in sight. And he ushers the five of you in into the foyer, closes the door. I'll be right back. Let me go get the Baroness. A few moments later, you hear some talking in the other room and you see the Baroness come in. Her son's behind her. There's this mountain of a young man. She looks as though her hair's all tied back. She's got her night cream on her face. And she looks at the five of you and she says, well, I seem to remember that there was only four of you that went into the tower. Who's this fifth individual? Warren will be freed from the tower. You freed him from the tower. Is he responsible for the falling of the tower? Uh, Warren will kind of take a deep breath and take a a step forward. Then bring himself up in his like regal bearing. He says, I am Warren Belhaim, cousin of Tula Belhaim and the last surviving member of the Canticleur court. Warren Belhaim, 
cousin of Tula Belheim. The same Tula that was here over 200 years ago. That is as You hear is. her son chuckle behind her. <laughs> Mama, he's an idiot. What is all this about? Now, now, Arnold, be safe. Relax. We'll hear your story in a minute, Horn. First, I want to know what happened in the tower. What brought down the edifice that my husband was once so proud to have ex explored himself? Tell me what happened in there. You, you, elf man, tell me what happened. <laughs> well, the initial thought was that some kobolds were running around. Kobolds, um, you say? Yeah, people were seeing them after doing some investigating found some kobolds to be found that they were responsible for bringing the castle down um we found warren in the castle um was oh, a cousin of tula yes exactly i will <laughs> mama he don't know i'm gonna hit in the head shut up arnold please continue if they so excuse my son he thinks the same way i do so we found an underground passage that went on for a thousand feet or so. And we came across this kind of, this lake and this pathway that kind of led to a cave. We saw some more kobolds down there, but we thought it would be better a better idea to kind of come back and to give you some more information. Maybe you know of this location, you know where it is, or you've heard A of lake, it. you say? Yes lake the only lake around here would be the old the old quarry out there where we used to years ago look for clay and stuff to build uh, in limestone when the town was once prosperous that was how the town used to make its its coin back in the day but we have known for a long time that the kobolds had been camped out to the east. <sighs> you know, these kobolds, they've never been so bold as to give Belheim any trouble at all. And the town folks, we've done a good, good job of leaving them alone because they never come into the town. But I guess the times have changed, no? You know, uh, well, first of all, I suppose you want your, your coin. Yeah. She gestures yeah. towards her son who reaches into one of the uh, a credenza, pulls out a large sack. You could hear it jingling, and you see his, his muscles flex as he brings them over. And he looks at uh, you, Flint, and he hands them to you, you big stout dwarf. Good luck with that. Do a couple of curls with that, will you? Come on, man. And she looks at, at you and says, well, here is the reward of the 500 gold pieces that I promised you. Uh, but there is something that I must ask one of you, you old dwarf. What is your name? Name's, um, well, Flint, why don't you tell her your name? No, I don't want to hear his name. I want to hear your name. Uh, yes, uh, I'm Griswold. I'm much younger than I look. 
But I don't care. You all look like you've been sitting in the sun for weeks. No lotion. I take offense to that. <laughs> you can take whatever you want. But you will uh, remember this. <laughs> did you ever find out what happened to Hung Clay? Hung Clay, was he this sort of um, wizardly type of fellow? He was an old wizard, yes. Unclear. We could only assume that he was part of whatever had happened because for for a very long time, he had always wanted me to tear down the tower. He said it, it blocked his view of the constellations in the eastern sky from his own manor. And I told hmm. him, no, I would not tear it down. It was a monument to my poor dear deceased husband. I could only have thought that perhaps he had brought the tower down. He was there. But what did he have to say? Did uh, you handle it? He was, uh, he met his demise down there, crushed under rubble. Did you do this? No, this is how we found him. We found him with a few, few deceased kobolds as well, crushed again, crushed under rubble. Again, with these brazen kobolds. She looks at her son, and they kind of whisper something. He leaves and goes back out the front door, disappears for a while. And she says, you know, there's something I'm going to need to ask one of you, possibly you, Griswold. You know, the news of what has happened to Hung Clay and, and the attack of these kobolds, they really dictate that sheriff Ben Hovey returned to Belheim. Uh, but right now we know that he's off to the north in Isan. He was taking your friend Cyrus Gib there, the individual mm-hmm. who brought you into town. Would you be so good as to go and retrieve the sheriff and tell him that we need him back? I'll make it worth your while. If the coin's good, uh, I'll be sure to do so. I'll do so quickly. Well, what you four had just made this evening, I'll ensure that you make the same amount. I went and had Arnold tell Deputy Hard to go with you. I think it would be safer if you both go together. You must tell the sheriff to return here immediately. I will do so. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just Griswold is going? Yes, because I have another plan for the four of you. How about if we sweeten the deal a little? How would you like to make double what you just made tonight? I mean, no funny stuff though, right? No funny stuff at all. I'm listening, I'm listening. Bill. Griswold, please join my son. He should be on the front porch by now with Hard. All right, I'll do so. So Griswold, you go out the front door. She waits till the door closes and she says, well, the deal is very sweet, but it's going to be very dangerous. And I'll have to tell you about it next session.
And with the list of things we need. <laughs> Our list of demands. Our writer. But, <laughs> and with that, my fellow slingers who are listening to the show and my hard slingers who are on the show, Hoosh, thank you for your time on The Dragon's Demand. I look forward to finishing up Talos's story on the Carrion Crown. Everybody give him a warm thank you for being on the show, and we hope to see him back soon. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Great. 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 Oh, I know. I know. Copper is excited. Copper doesn't know. like me all that much. That uh, was Nick, man. That he was wants that hoot and holler too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would like to say, Koosh, um, I'm I'm sorry that I am here, sort of partially to take your place, and I am glad that our paths have overlapped. They have so. Hopefully yeah. we will have more games in the future. Yeah, we definitely will. Because you're welcome back anytime. You know that. If they yeah. ever lighten up. Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard Twenty Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us that five star review. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com. And be sure to check out the galleries. we got a lot of really interesting stuff posted there. And finally, join us on our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash RollTheHard20Podcast. There are ways for you to help out the show and pick up swag. So until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass full as you roll those hard 20s.